All right, today's sermon, Taking Down Strongholds. Uh, Today we'll be looking at breaking down strongholds and breaking free from strongholds. So we'll be focusing on uh, two passages, 2 Corinthians 10. Let's see if I can get this in the right spot without feedback. Verses 3 through 6 and Judges 6, 11 through 12. So let's start out here with 2 Corinthians uh, 10, verses 3 through 6. For though, I, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And then uh, Judges uh, 6, 11 through 12. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, not Oprah, it was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abazite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would throw your weight around in this room this morning and show the enemy who is boss. All things that are arising in our minds right now that the Holy Spirit is showing us, Lord, we just say right now, Lord, we come against those strongholds. Even though there is a spirit of fear, we break it right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us experience your peace as we challenge these strongholds in our lives. Help us to face it, Lord Jesus. Help us to enter these uncharted places to bring healing and restoration to where you want to see us healed and restored, Lord Jesus. We just thank you, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. One thing I've learned over the years, and this includes myself, that no matter where you're from or how you were raised, everybody has stuff they need to deal with in God. Everybody's dealing with stuff that they need the Lord to release them from. And one of the greatest challenges is with dealing with people is a lot of times we don't like to face the depths of what's in the way from being fully who you are in God. We think it's something hard. We think it's something difficult. If we would just allow the Lord to be in full control of our lives, it would be the greatest place of freedom that we would find ourselves in. It would be the greatest and most deepest place of comprehensive shalom and transformation. Shalom is a Hebrew word meaning peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility, and also can be used as a greeting and goodbye, hello, 
goodbye. Hello, Holy Spirit. Hello, Jesus Christ. Hello, Heavenly Father. Goodbye, things of the enemy. Goodbye, I say to you. It also can be a blessing goodbye to those who are you're sending out like we did this morning. Shalom to those that are going out into the field to minister. In 2 Corinthians 10, Paul is doing something here with the Corinthian church. He, he's pointing out an area to the church that he wants them to gain a deeper, deeper maturity in, a deeper understanding of what God has for them and wants to release them from. And you know what? The Corinthian church was probably a church-like new song here, you know? And the power of the Holy Spirit was flowing, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the move and power of God and in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, these gifts were flowing. The Holy Spirit was using them to edify people, and people were coming to Jesus Christ. But there was something still in the way, and Paul points it out right here, as a stronghold. He begins to lay it out to the Corinthians what he wants them to understand what a stronghold is. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for what? Pulling down strongholds. The interesting thing about the word stronghold here in this passage, it's addressing a mindset, a value system, or a thought process that hinders your growth in God. A stronghold is a mindset, value system, or a thought process that hinders your growth in God. A stronghold is a stubborn disposition. It's where we in our lives as believers function in our minds in an unbelieving belief system. So as a believer, you function in your mind in an unbelieving belief system. That is a stronghold. This is what David Wilker, how David Wilkerson puts it. Most of us think of strongholds as bondages such as sexual trespasses, drug addiction, alcoholism, outward sins we put at the top of a worse sin list. But spiritual strongholds are much worse. But Paul is referring here to something much worse than our human measuring of sin. A stronghold is an accusation firmly planted in our minds by the enemy. And he does this to establish falsehoods and lies and misconceptions, especially concerning our ability and work and the goodness of God. He wants us to think that God is not good, that there's something better. The first thing that happens when many of us go through a difficult thing and it's beyond our understanding of why the sovereign Lord would allow us to go through something like that 
as we begin to, why? Doubt God's goodness. That's a stronghold because the enemy can get, if he can get you to doubt what God is like, then what will happen? God can't work the good into you that he wants to work with and in you while he takes you through it. Now this is birthed out of what I tagged in the last sermon, what I went through in my accident. I talked about how I heard a rhema word in in the morning, but I did not respond to it because... I didn't, I didn't have an understanding. I went through the whole thing and entered into a stronghold of anxiety after the accident. It wasn't until, and I even questioned at the time because I was doing everything I knew what to do. I was doing what I thought needed to be done to break that anxiety over my life. That stronghold. But I was trying to do it on my own strength. It wasn't until I pressed in and met God where he wanted to meet me to release what the provision I needed. That he's a good God. That no matter what, even though I didn't hear the rhema, the full rhema word at the beginning of the day, even though I didn't hear that, He was faithful to come and meet me where I was at in that stronghold to release what I needed to break it down, to break it out of my life and release me from that. The enemy likes to hijack the glory of God in your life. So Paul is challenging God's people here. God wants you to be free from this because We tear down everything that exalts itself above Jesus Christ and who he is. And anything that is in your life that competes with Jesus is a stronghold. Anything that tries to compete with God's passion for you, God's plan for you, God's purpose for you, God's identity for you in him. If it competes with God, it's a stronghold that needs to be addressed. Here's the thing. We need to receive the full revelation that God has already given us the victory. Amen? So the question isn't whether or not he's given you the victory. He wants you to walk in the victory. By utilizing the power of the resurrection and the work on the cross to tear down those strongholds. God has anointed your hands with tearing down capabilities and he wants you to do what he wants you to do. He wants to challenge you to confront the enemy's lies and tear down those strongholds. We see here that Paul really helps the Corinthians to let them know that your spiritual growth is being tainted because of your disposition towards the goodness of God. Because of the strongholds that you've allowed to take hold of you. What's interesting here is strongholds aren't 
just the things that hold on to us. A lot of times we think of strongholds that bind us. A lot of times a stronghold could be something that you hold on to. Are you holding on to something that you should let go because you feel comfortable in it? Is it a stronghold? Now let's look at this example in Judges with Gideon. You have God here working in a young man's life and is starting out uh, working in his community's life and in his family's life to challenge him and them to face some things that they don't want to face. In Judges 6, this, is, this was a time that the Bible says that because of the third generation after Joshua's generation, their children didn't properly convey the values of the kingdom to the next generation. And what happened is when people who experienced the move of God and when people have experienced the move of God and the power of the Spirit in the life, and when you don't pass that down, it's our job as a church to pass it down to the next generation. Because when, if we don't do that, guess what happens? You build a stronghold already over that generation. So we as believers, as a church, have an obligation to pass down the glory of our Heavenly Father to the next generation. And they did not do that here. And so they were in bondage. And they got to the point that it says in Judges 17, 6, Everyone did was what was right in their own eyes. That's part of holding on to a stronghold. You holding on to because I'm doing right in my own eyes. I think I'm this, therefore you must accept it. So what happened here in this passage is the children of Israel here, they're just being bound up in their minds and they're acting foolish and and fearful. They have a knowledge of God, but they don't live in his power. And so what's going to happen here is you have Gideon here functioning in this part of the scripture in a stronghold. So, So God decided what he was going to do. So they're here worshiping idols, other gods, and he brings correction. And when God brings correction here for you, when God brings correction into our life, do you know it's for your good? It's for your development. God never brings correction that brings destruction. It's only when we decide to remain in a stronghold and not receive God's correction, that destruction comes. So it's not God bringing the destruction, it's our choice to remain in a stronghold. When God brings correction, he's wanting to break something off of you. 
to release you from something in your life. Not to put you down or to cast you aside. A lot like what happens with the cancel culture. They come to destroy you. That's what the enemy does. But our Heavenly Father comes and He says, I need you to do this, child, because what you are doing is leading you off this cliff. I want you to take a different path. So here in Judges 6, after God brings the correction, He challenges Gideon to join him in tearing down the reason why he's correcting them in the first place. With God, it always starts and ends with an encounter with him. If you're going to break free from strongholds, it starts and ends with an encounter with God. So let's look what happens here in this text. Verse 11 Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abuzite, while his son Gideon threshed weed in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. You know what I like about this passage here? It shows us how much our Father loves us. It shows you God is always there. Sometimes we're so in our stronghold, we don't see God, but he's always there. And so God here is watching Gideon while he is making plans to out the stronghold that Gideon is in. God shows up and he's chilling here. He's just chilling, watching Gideon under the terebinth tree. Watching Gideon in his stronghold and just looking at him. And he's present. Gideon can't see him, but he's present. Even though he's present, God does not let the stronghold that Gideon is in stop him from what? Moving towards him. That's what I love about God. God doesn't let the mess that you're in stop him from moving towards you. Let me burst a bubble. Your mess isn't the worst mess that God has ever seen. So get over it. He's moving towards you. He's saying, child, I have something more for you. God has seen everybody's mess. He's seen it. He's even seen your future mess. He's seen your past, present, and future. He's seen all your mess. And he still wants you. He still loves you. And he's committed to you. The problem with many of us is we think that the Lord loves some future me that's better. Many of us think that God loves me when I finally get it right. God will love me when I'm perfect. You know what? Right there you're accepting a lie of the enemy. Because how does he see you in Christ already? Perfect and whole. Do you believe that or not? The Bible says, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we're at our worst as sinners, 
He sends his best to die for us, to give his life for us, to shed his blood for us, to endure an immense amount of pain for us. God demonstrates his love for us. He demonstrates his love for us again and again because he's showing up for us. He's showing up. Which belonged to Joash the Abrazite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. What does this have to do with anything? Why would you be wheat in a wine press? One, where is wheat supposed to be? The threshing floor. Why? To to separate what? The wheat from the shaft and tear. So he's in a stronghold taking the wheat of provision and he's processing it in a wine press which does not allow him to separate the tear from the wheat. And if tear gets into the wheat and you bake bread from it, guess what happens? It breeds bitterness, a bitter bread that is unedible. You think that you're protecting yourself occupying that stronghold and you think that you're providing yourself with food but what you're doing is you're providing yourself with nothing no substance at all by operating in that stronghold and he's doing this Because he's afraid of the Benianites. He'll take what he has. How many times do we guard stuff in our lives because we've grown an identity to it and we're afraid somebody's going to take that from us because you've become comfortable in that. That's become the new normal. He took what was not normal and made it the new normal. What we're seeing today in our own society, they're taking what used to be the normal, and that's not the normal. This is the new normal, and they're saying you have to accept it. You know you're in a stronghold if you're using something that was created to function one way, and you're using it for another way, and you see it as the new normal. Have you ever seen the show Hoarders? When you see the things that you see in these people's houses, you're trying to grasp and understanding how they could even function in a house like that. And one of the, in one of the shows, there's this individual who is living in a house with over 80 cats with one litter box with clothes everywhere, mess everywhere, and you can smell all the messed up mess throughout the house. And if we 
were to go to the door like the individuals that go to the houses to help these people (laughs) come out of this mess. If we were to open that door, we would be overwhelmed by the odor that came forth. But the individual that comes to the door, uh, they're just chilling like nothing's wrong. Now the person that's not in the mess, you're not, you're like, how in the world can you even stay in the house in this condition? In other words, the individual had been in there so long that the smell became the new normal for them. Have you ever had this happen? You walk into a room and you can smell something's off, but the longer you remain in the room, you don't smell it anymore. You get used to it. Some of us have been in, in some stuff in our lives where the stench is clear to everybody around us, But with you, you're keeping this stuff in your life because it seems normal. And God is knocking at the door of your life saying, I want to come in. I want to change it. In fact, I'll join you in the mess. And that's what God is doing here with Gideon. We need to let go of what we're hoarding because God has something better for you. God says, I love you enough to want to encounter you and tell you and proclaim to you and to prophetically speak to you beyond where you're at. Look at verse 12 here. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. God says the craziest things sometimes. (laughs) To a person in the midst of a stronghold and running away from the presence of the Lord, yet knows the Lord, but doesn't walk with the Lord. The Lord is saying here, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. First First time I read this, I was a little confused because Gideon is here functioning in his stronghold. Gideon is running away from the Lord's presence. Gideon is under the discipline of the Lord. But interesting enough is God doesn't speak to him based on where he is. He doesn't speak to him based on the state that he's in because, you know what? I already know that I'm in it. Sometimes I don't want to admit it. But I already know I'm in it. So God doesn't have to go down a lying checklist and say, see that there, see that there, see that there. We know the mess. What he has to do because of the brokenness in our lives or your life and your commitment to holding on to these things is to prophesy beyond where you're at. So what the Lord begins to say The Lord is with you, O mighty man or woman of valor. What is God prophesying here to Gideon? Mighty man of valor. In Hebrews, this means a man or woman of worth and great value. 
When you're in a stronghold, in reality, you do not see value in that situation in your life. God doesn't use you. God doesn't use you for yourself based on what you have for yourself. He always chooses you based on you being in him and what you will be like once he gets you to you and him working together. Working in your life, changing your life, challenging your life, and building up your life. Taking off the muzzle and the shackles, freeing you from the strongholds of the enemy. From here, Gideon goes on to tear down false god altars and builds an altar to God. And and then in verse 34, it says, The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and empowered him. And then he went on to blow the trumpets and light the lamps with only 300 guys to cause the enemy to come against themselves and become completely confused and scatter. With 300 guys. Because God met him in the stronghold. And prophesied over him that you are a mighty man. A mighty man of valor. You have great worth to me. And that's what God was saying to us when he sent Jesus for us. Saying... You have great worth. You have great worth. And he's willing to come into our mess and into our strongholds. And he's willing to help us clean up the mess. And take the strongholds, even though we're broken and somebody may have sat on you. Or something may have sat on you and broke you. But he's willing to take those strongholds and say, you know what? You don't belong here in this person's life. You belong in hell. And Jesus comes in and he takes what's happened to you and he brings you back to what you were designed to be in him. For the last month or so, I've been waking to a vision of a lion bound. But in the background, far off, I would hear the words, Hail, hail, Lion of Judah, let your lion roar. Let your lion roar. And I wake again, and it sounds like it's closer. Hail, hail, Lion of Judah, let your lion roar. Let your lion roar. Then two Sundays ago, Lisa Peterson gave this word. Let's watch it now. So as we were worshiping, I had a vision of a lion, this massive, huge lion, but it was muzzled, and it couldn't roar. It couldn't make any noise. And then an angel came and released that muzzle as we were worshiping, and I felt the Lord saying, I am releasing my church to roar as a lion. It is no longer time to be quiet, but it is you are have my power and my strength, and it is time to rise up as the lion that you are called to be.
time to roar like the lion that you're called to be. There was a time in high school, I was playing, I played for football for North Medford, the Tornadoes, and I was the quiet introvert guy. I was one of the linemen, did my job, always had a great fear of being called to lead calisthenics. Because you know what? You had to come up front and you had to get the attention of those that were there lined up. And you had to lead them in the drills. And the first one was, ready? Okay. T-O-R-N-A-D-O, tornado. God says, I'm ready to lead you. I'm ready to lead you. I'm meeting you in the wine press. I'm ready to take the shackles off the strongholds that are holding you where you are at. I'm ready to begin to tear up the strongholds of the enemy. I'm ready to tear up fear, unreasonable fear, pride, unforgiveness. I'm ready to tear up those strongholds. I'm ready to tear up slander, gossip, lying, and envy. I'm ready to tear those up in the name of Jesus. I'm ready to tear up greed, covetousness ingratitude I'm ready to tear those up in the name of Jesus I'm ready to tear up unbelief and unfaithfulness worry and anxiety worldliness I'm ready to tear those up in the name of Jesus I'm ready to tear up a judgmental spirit I'm ready to tear up tradition jealousy and rejection I'm ready to tear it up in the name of Jesus I'm ready to tear up peer group approval resentment and bitterness I'm ready to tear it up in your life in the name of Jesus I'm ready in the name of Jesus to tear up all kinds of phobias all sexual sins addictions and idols I'm ready to tear them up in the name of Jesus. If you let me meet you in the wine press, I am ready to tear up those strongholds in the name of Jesus. Can we stand up as a church and let us roar in the name of Jesus as we tear off the shackles that the enemy has placed and muzzled us with and we declare over those strongholds in the name of Jesus that they are broken and you are set free in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We roar in the name of Jesus. No longer do you have the stronghold over us, you enemy. They are cast aside in the name of Jesus. And we are delivered and set free and have the victory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Church, are you ready to break down those strongholds, to tear them down, be fully released? 
in whom God sees you are. In the name of Jesus. I see the lion roared today. <laughs> She's like prayer for something, body, soul, or spirit. Jesus is into holistic medicine, holistic healing. Whatever you might need, there'll be a pastoral care team that will minister in the power of the spirit to you. Some of you may want to spend some time just with God at the altar, just to hang out with him and talk to him about how he spoke to you today. Certainly, he spoke to all of us. We are a lion that roars. Amen? He's the lion of Judah. He's roaring all the time. We're just kind of getting in on his roar and roaring with him. Amen? Amen. Remember, we love you. Jesus loves you. Have a, have a great week.